Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 miles away from Madison Square Garden, New York City. And it was the start of Hispanic Heritage Month on Thursday. And a big shout-out to all of the Hispanos out there celebrating their Hispanic Heritage this month. And we'll get into that as we go along. Honestly speaking, it's Hispanic Heritage Month every day. With uh, me here at This Is America, I always try to integrate my heritage and uh, different things about the culture into what we're doing. And quite frankly, Hispanics are at the forefront of the news, whether it's illegal immigration and people that support it or people that are against it. So we're going to get into that a little bit later in the uh, uh, fourth uh, segment of the program because there's a story about Marxism that I want to share with you. If there is enough time, I find myself always running out of time on this program. So let's knock on that studio door. Let the program director know we need another hour. Come on, people. Don't be cheap. Anyway, let us continue. So uh, Biden has scored himself, uh, I guess, a success, you could say, with this tentative deal to avoid a railroad strike, something that he probably uh, put into play himself because, you know, he's a union guy and he gets the unions to do whatever they want or they get to do whatever they want because they know he's going to play with it, uh, play ball with them, basically. And he capitulated to the union's demand. So I will get to see my kid for Columbus Day because she's coming on Amtrak, and I guess we avoid this big strike. Big news. Okay, continuing now to something I want to talk about. Speaking of Hispanic heritage, Cardi B, the rapper from New York, uh, had some interesting things to say in a rant that she did on Instagram, and I want you to hear it because, quite frankly, there's a few different themes here that I think are really important and interesting. Number one, she's kind of like saying, hey, look, the economy's all screwed up. Number two, don't come at me because I supported Joe Biden. Well, we're going to get to the bottom of that, Cardi, because clearly you're not seeing everything yet, but you're starting to see it, and that's enough for me to work with. I want you to listen to Cardi B. I've been helping so many people for so many years. I never have helped out so many people for the past seven, eight months. And I remember something, right? Let me tell you something. A couple of months ago, I was helping um, a cousin get an apartment, right? And now I'm helping somebody else get an apartment. Bro, I was looking at some areas, the way that the prices soar up, the way the way that the prices soar up, because I'm guessing the, um, even no motherfucking inventory when it comes to homes they're selling right now. Nobody's even trying to sell their homes. All right, I'm going to stop it right there. Because I think that's a very poignant statement she made. There's not a lot of inventory. And a quick cursory search on housing inventory brings us to see that Fox Business is saying inventory is slowly building, while the Epic Times is reporting that Wall Street investors are selling homes at big losses 
into an already struggling U.S. housing market. Now, Cardi B makes, out of the last time I checked, something like $10 million a year. might be double that by now. But when you can tell that she's connected to the street, right? She's helping family members of hers that may be destitute, friends, whomever, that she's trying to get them into a home or into an apartment. And she's realizing, wow, I could buy a home and have a, a, a smaller mortgage than some people are paying in rent. And these aren't even in the best neighborhoods. And she's waking up to the fact that that was not the case when President Trump was in office. Now, this does not mean that Trump was some sort of magic bullet. I love Trump as much as the next guy. But this is all about putting the onus on Biden. This is truly about Biden. So when she says that people are coming at her online, uh, of course that's going to happen because you were the one that was out there saying, hey, vote for Joe Biden. Now, I'm not going to join that cavalcade of people saying, Cardi, you did us wrong. How could you do it? There's enough people doing that. I'm happy that she's changing her tune. I'm happy that if she can do that and take to her millions and tens of millions of fans and tell them in so many words, voting for Joe Biden was a mistake. This is a huge thing. But let us continue. So everybody's like, yo, when the interest rate is gr- is good, that is is high. That's great because people uh people have to fucking sell their home for less so you could buy a home for less and it's like bitch, it doesn't matter if the interest rate is motherfucking high as and and actually bitch, there's not even inventory that's one but that's another that's another shit. now let's talk about the fact that the fucking rent i'm talking i was talking about buying house now i'm going back to rent like how are people surviving So, of course, here, Cardi B is ranting about how are people surviving because of inflation, because the cost of housing has gone up. The cost of fuel has gone up. The cost of fuel has sent so many other things up, like the cost of food. It's very difficult to survive. She makes a brilliant point. It's the point that I think conservatives have been making for quite a while, that we are taxing people with this hidden inflation tax out of their homes and out of their lifestyles. Play the tape. I want to know. I, you know, like my family and my friends, they're so grateful to have me, but it's just like, yo, what happened to people that don't have a me? So what does happen to people that don't have a uh, millionaire family member that's an incredibly successful entertainer that they could turn to and say, hey, I need $2,500 or three grand or 4,500 to get into this apartment. I'm trying to put this down payment on a house. I have this much. Can you help me out? And because she's generous and she keeps making money, she helps them out. But what do people do when they don't have a golden goose like Cardi B? Obviously, we know what the Democrats, the politicians do. They turn to you. They turn to Cardi B. They take your money, more tax money, which reminds me of her. And this is why I'll always use her political analysis, because I think it's so spot on. It's so street. It's so raw and it's authentic. I don't know if you remember, but one of the earlier episodes of This is America, where she came out and said, I want to know what are they beeping doing with my money? What are they doing with my money? What are they doing with my money? (laughs) If I could find that tape, I'll play it for you now. But it was it was it was humorous, but it was real. Because she was saying, look, I work really, really hard to make $10 million. And guess what? I'm really only bringing home about five and a half. And that was a rude awakening. And little by little, she's realizing, you know, it's nice to like Bernie. It's nice to like Biden. But these guys are antithetical to what I want in life. And she's learning that right now. Play the tape. What's going on with the people that don't have a me? Not just rest some that like uh, Britain and L.A., they're going to start having more blackouts because Britain got to pay double the price when it comes to electricity and L.A. Is and sometimes, you know, one thing that people was coming at me every single time that we saying that something bad in the economy is happening and people be like, well, you was the one that told people to vote for Joe Biden. But this is the thing, right? 
After the pandemic, I knew that this was going to happen. I knew we was going to have a financial crisis. And the thing about it is that this is not only in America. It's all over the world. Obviously, it's all over the world because Joe Biden's policies are here in America. But Cardi, pay attention. America sets the tone for everything. People trade with America on, on multiple levels. Our stock market is, like Trump would say, huge, right? So obviously, if we're having a financial problem in America, it's going to happen all over the world. Because as our friends on the left like to say, our economy trickles down, right? They say that, not me. But that's the reality. It's going to be difficult to maintain a healthy and robust economy in another country if you are a trading partner of someone in the U.S., and somewhere, somehow, somebody is a partner of the U.S., whether it's the amount of soy that we put out or steel or any of these other things that we at least we used to put out. We don't put them out as much. Uh, we make a lot of corn. We make a lot of beef. We make a lot of a lot of things. But there's competition. And that's, I guess, the beauty of a free market. But, Cardi, you're hitting the nail on the head here when you say it's not just in America. It's global. It is. And if people in Great Britain are suffering from power outages in California, this has everything to do with Joe Biden and the Democrats and their plan for a Green New Deal. And I know you know that, or at least you're coming around to it. Right. Anyway, let's wrap up with Cardi. All over the world. Like I went to the Dominican Republic and shit is expensive out there, too. And this is all over the world, bitch. But right now, though, like, this is, this is insane. And Cardi, I agree with you. It's insane to allow Democrats to spend like drunken sailors to try to fix inflation with more government spending, which is what caused inflation to begin with. And then on top of that, they throw a party, a party to celebrate the inflation. We'll get to that in a second. I had a, a little, uh, an idea of what a phone call with the White House would sound like. Maybe we'll get into that in a second. But I want to put a pin in this uh, conversation with Cardi B. Let's finish up that tape. And I want to, and I want to, I want to like, I want to tell y'all that I get it. Don't ever think I'm one of these rich people that don't, don't get it and don't give a f I get it. I care, but I can't do shit about it, bitch. <laughs> I can't do shit about it. I don't got no positions in the motherfucking government. I don't know what the f is going on. But, um, anyways, um, and I, and I don't know, I feel like we haven't been normal ever since mother, uh, mother the pandemic. I wonder when this economy crisis is going to get fucking better. Like this is insane. And like, Jabby coming for me like, oh, we have going to an economy crisis because you would tell people that have Joe Biden. There's a worldwide motherfucking problem, bitch. Now, um, bye. I got, I, I'm, I'm working. So bye. I'm go. All right, Cardi. I get it. You didn't like the way it went. You, you also feel badly about voting for Joe El Baboso Biden. And I don't blame you, but you don't want to take all the blame. And honestly, a lot of people were fooled. A lot of people were duped, especially our good friends on the other side of the aisle. So hopefully as you make your way over to the right side, to the bright side, you'll uh, start to see the air in your ways. But just imagine um, if Cardi B would have called Biden to see if she was invited to this uh, celebration to celebrate inflation. Now, again, inflation was at 1.4% when Biden took office. And this past month, the numbers came in, it was 8.3. Now, that's a little bit less than it was the month before. But 8.3 is nothing to brag about and throw a party over. But that's what they did at the White House. They had a party. Just imagine what that phone call would sound like. I'm guessing something like this. 
Yeah, this is Cardi B. I want to talk to Joel Baboso Biden, the president. We apologize, but due to the lack in federal funding, we are unable to take your call. Once funding has been restored, our operations will resume. Please call back at that time. Oh, no, you didn't, Joe. You told me we was going to save money. You told me we was going to build back better. What'd you do with my money? What'd you do with my money? I want the receipts. I think it would go something like that. And then they would respond like this. Uh, yeah, yeah, Cardi. Yeah, hey, Cardi, how are you? Yeah, I love I love what you and Jay-Z, your husband, are doing. Oh, no, that's Beyonce. Oh, sorry. Uh, but, you know, I think you're doing a great job. It's it's Hispanic Heritage Month, you know. Okay, well, uh, maybe I could get you in touch with my son, Hunter. I think you guys have a few things in common. No? Oh, man. Uh, c- come on, man. Anyway, uh, uh, hang on. I got the call waiting here. And I think that's exactly how it would go with Joel Baboso Biden dodging things because Cardi now feels like he made her look bad. And the reality is so many Americans across the country are experiencing that buyer's remorse. So don't let it be you, right? That election's coming up. The midterm election is coming up. It's a chance to send Joe Biden a message and let him know we don't like this inflation. We don't like the economy. We don't like paying more than we have to for just about every single thing that we buy. And the United States should not be dead last in just about everything. Cardi B knows it. The American people know it. And I think even Joe Biden knows it. More to come straight ahead. I am Rich Valdez. You're listening to This Is America right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. Oh, he's so handsome. What's his name? Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Make sure you check me out there. Drop a comment. Let me know what's going on. I always have a good time on social media. And I have a social media story I want to share with you guys. We're going to do that in a moment. But I also want to just uh, reiterate that Cardi B did not make it to the White House uh, inflation party. But there's more. And it has nothing to do with Cardi B or inflation. What I want to talk about now is... Fat phobia and this idea that has been, um, I'm going to say, propagated by the left. Uh, But, you know, we can call it whomever. You know, there's people that have these alternative ideas that believe in things that are just different. 
Like, for example, um, this one woman looks kind of, I'm going to say, Pacific Islander or Asian, and she's saying that she is fat because of white people. Listen to this. I'm going to prove to you why white people are the reason I'm fat today. If white people didn't go looking for spices, then various sea routes to Indian subcontinent and Africa and other places of the world would not get discovered. <laughs> oh gosh, you got You just gotta love it. Somehow, the food magically gets into her mouth, and she eats more of it than she needs to, accompanied with a, a lower amount of exercise than she needs to put forward. And voila, it's the white person's fault. Listen, I've been fat my whole life. I've been a fat boy growing up. Listen, they don't call me OG, originally gordito, for nothing, right? I know all about eating more than I should, and I know how to lose weight too. And it has nothing to do with El Gringo. Nothing to do with white people. But let us continue. And if they didn't get discovered, then East India Company would never come to Indian subcontinent. And if they didn't come, then the fertility of the land would not get destroyed because they forced us to cultivate tobacco and dyes and opioid, things like that. And that destroyed the fertility of my country. And well, at least now we know now they no longer grow tobacco. They don't make ink. They don't they won't do anything without white people because you need white people in order to, to be a farmer where she comes from. This forced uh, use of the fertility of her land. You have got to be kidding me. I can't believe any of this stuff. I find it. Uh, there's a high degree of incredulity on my face because this is so ridiculous and silly and dumb at the same time. But let's see if she's got anything else she can share. And then if that didn't happen and if they didn't exploit and extract resources until my ancestors were left with nothing to eat, we wouldn't move to this grain heavy, very little nutritious diet that we have today. Oh, wow. So she eats McDonald's today, uh, popping down those French fries because of the white man. Fascinating, fascinating. Uh, it's a great world, I guess, when you can blame everything on the white man. But she's not alone and she's not the only one. There's probably another minute or so of this lady, but uh, I'm done. I can't hear much more of that. But here's another I one. got us donuts. Those are so bad for you. Hold oh, on no. a second, lady. I wasn't ready for you. Now, this one is funny because it's these two girls doing a skit about donuts. But then comes in the uh, nutritionist who goes by um, Blair Imani. And uh, I guess this is shared audio with another person that goes by the handle Black Nutritionist on Instagram. And they call this Smarter in Seconds, Good versus Bad Foods in collaboration with Black Nutritionists featuring Savage Fatty, Savage X Fatty, excuse me, co-written by Catuccino. Now, the, the caption here is fascinating. It says, diet culture, fat phobia, and systems of oppression have created false hierarchies of food, and it shows up everywhere. We were all incorrectly taught from a young age that our size and therefore the food we eat are markers of our self-worth. Now, listen, I've never felt like I was worth more or less because I ate a piece of grilled chicken or a triple Whopper with cheese. I just it's never been that way for me, so I can't relate. But she goes on, says moralizing food is good or bad can lead to an unhealthy relationship with food and disordered eating. Instead of focusing on good and bad choices, try to approach food with neutrality in mind. Why not nutrition in mind, being that you're a nutritionist and all? Anyway, 
Uh, and then it says, note, I'm deleting all comments that come from the stance of, well, actually, insert food is bad for you, because these comments show that you did not even internalize the lesson and are adamant on not participating in learning today. Also, no, this is not silencing, because you can talk about moralizing food on your own page. You just can't do it on mine. This, can you believe it? I mean, uh, I, I can't. People say all sorts of things about me online. And um, I don't necessarily like them, but I really don't care. They, they say that I'm a traitor to Hispanics, that I'm uh, um, uh, my favorite is they don't even care about you. Trump doesn't care about you. The Republican Party doesn't care about you. As if like I woke up one morning and said, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to vote for so and so because they care about me. That's actually never crossed my mind. But anyway, I want you to hear it from them rather than me reading the caption here to you, because I, I thought this was remarkably funny yet sick and stupid and sadistic at the same time. Oh, are they moldy? I mean, no. are they poisoned? Oh. Are you allergic? No, I'm just saying. Mm. You're judging my food choices based on a false standard of health again, aren't you? Guilty. Diet culture, fat phobia, and systems of oppression have created false hierarchies of food and it shows up everywhere. For instance, harmful thought patterns like earning food through exercising or that dessert is the reward for the punishment of eating vegetables. Remember that you do not need to earn food. We are all incorrectly taught from a young age that our size and therefore the foods that we eat are markers of our self-worth. Now, hold on a second. If you feel like you're worth less because you are huge, that that is a different story, right? It has to do with one's eating habits, one's health habits. And I understand this is a struggle I've gone through myself. Growing up eating rice and beans and anything else that I wanted to eat, I, I amassed a very nice size. I was 269 pounds, not that long ago. And I lost some weight. Now I'm like 214, 215. And I'm happy about the weight I've lost. But my point is I'm looking at the girl that's saying this. And, and I'm going to uh, concede the fact I think she's pretty. She has a pretty face. But she's a very large woman. Very large. You know, I mean, if I had to estimate, I'd say she's 300 plus pounds. Now, I don't know if she's short or tall or whatever, but I think we've gotten to a place in life where we've realized that you just can't say so-and-so is just big-boned. They're just, they're all big in that family. You, you can't do that because then the next thing you're saying is, oh, cancer runs in that family or diabetes runs in that family, right? So there's a direct correlation to people not weighing, you know, uh, the, the right amount of weight for their height. Now, people, for years, I even argued against this, and I would say, that's not built on people like me. Those people don't eat rice and beans every day. How could you eat rice and beans every day and, and fried pork chops, chuletas, and manage to weigh 165 pounds when you're five foot eight or whatever? You can't. Obviously, you can't eat all that food. <laughs> it took a long time for me to learn that lesson because I was like, I don't understand. Just because you want to eat corned beef and cabbage or you want to eat spaghetti and meatballs or you want to eat whatever you're eating, uh, I, I can't eat. I want to eat what I want to eat. Who's, who are you to tell me I can't eat my food? Nobody. The problem is you get too fat and then you die. And that's a reality of life. So this is what we're fighting against. And this poor girl is sucked into this thinking that, like, just like the artist Lizzo, that, you know, we're not going to fat shame people and that body positive stuff. And you could be 400 pounds and sexy and just put on a thong bikini and hit the beach. No. It doesn't work that way. Just because you're comfortable in your skin doesn't mean you're healthy and you're not going to drop dead. It also means you're setting bad examples for the people around you. I don't know. You let me know if I'm right or wrong here, but I think it's horrible to tell people that are morbidly obese, grossly overweight, whether they're attractive or not, that it's somehow okay and that we shouldn't judge them. We're not judging them. We're judging their lifestyle and health choices. 
this is bad for you. Te vas a morir. This is going to kill you. You're going to die. Anyway, let's listen to at Savage X Fatty. Moralizing food can lead to harmful relationships with food and disordered eating. Instead of focusing on good and bad choices, try to approach food with neutrality in mind. The only foods that are bad for you are foods that contain allergens, poisons, and contaminants. Hold on a second. So you mean to tell me that if a food is very high in sugar and I eat this food and I know it's not good for me because it causes excess body weight and the excess body weight, especially the visceral fat in the midsection, tends to lead to uh, pre-diabetes, then diabetes, which leads to cardiovascular disease and you can have a heart attack, a stroke, you lose your limbs, you got circulation problems, all sorts of things can happen, that somehow that food is actually good. It's the white man. And now they're not arguing that. That was the first lady. But who are we going to blame if we don't blame ourselves for eating this high sugar food that causes damage to our body? Who are we supposed to blame? Miss Fatty? Or food that is spoiled or is otherwise inedible. Eat without guilt, regardless of what society says. Smarter in seconds. Well, I don't feel smarter in seconds. I got to tell you, I feel a little bit uh, I got like I got duped there. And like if I had not gone through my own personal struggle with uh, with health and weight loss and all that, that I might have fallen for that and been like, yeah, hell yeah, I get to eat whatever I want. Eat without guilt. I love the sound of that. The problem is it's unrealistic. The whole thing is fake, phony and fraud. You can't live your life that way. You can't just pretend things aren't going to happen. You can't just say, oh, that's messed up. That's racist for you to call me fat. No, you're fat, bro. You're fat with no matter what color you are. Black, white, Puerto Rican or Asian, right? Like Tripod Quest said. Doesn't matter what color you are. If you're fat, you're fat. And if you're unhealthy, you're unhealthy. And it's going to lead to health problems down the road for some people more so than others, especially if you have a, a family history of other types of problems. Anyway, this isn't a health show, but I just I, I saw this on the news and I saw it online. And then I saw that other clip of the crazy lady that was saying that it's the white people that made her fat. And I thought to myself, my goodness, you know, for years we've seen these problems. There are people that, you know, um, have used the saying you won't get fat from what I eat. What I eat won't make you fat. That's true. That's totally true. And, and obviously the gist behind that is, you know, I'm going to do me, you do you. What I'm doing isn't going to affect you. And in many ways it doesn't. But we have to realize that in much the same way, you can't blame the white man for what, whatever conquest they went on geographically, right? <laughs> <laughs> the fact that the East India Inc. Company was founded. This woman says now she's in a high-grain diet. Nobody's forcing you to be in a high-grain diet. I grew up eating a ton of carbs, and carbs were my, my go-to in life, and I was a literal source of happiness. I wanted to make myself happy. I'd eat a big plate of rice and beans, a cheeseburger from my favorite fast food place with a really extra sweet bread, uh, whatever it was, and realizing these things aren't really good for me. They just make me feel good. And you learn about nutrition. You learn about how nutrition affects the rest of your body and your, your lifestyle and your health and all that. And the more you know, the more you know. And I felt smarter in seconds after, you know, studying nutrition with my doctor and the stuff that they gave me. But not after this nonsense. Not after hearing this um, craziness here that somehow it's the white man. Anyway, there's more to come straight ahead. I have some audio I want to play for you. Plus, uh, I want to get into a, a couple of other topics that I don't want you to miss. So we're only halfway through. We're going to wrap this thing up at the end. And I'm going to get to that story that I was telling you about. So don't go anywhere. It's Rich Valdez. You're listening to This Is America right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. This is America. 
Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. The 45th President Donald Trump thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good, Mr. Call Screener. Yeah. Oh, it's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative Talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Richie V from The Mark Levin Show. You guys may know me as Mr. Call Screener. And uh, it's a pleasure to be with you guys uh, whenever we're together, make sure you tell your friends to subscribe, by the way. We're typically in the top 100 or the top 200 of the news commentary podcasts on Apple Podcast Charts. And I just only share that because it's really a testament to you, each and every one of you, that if you missed it on the radio and you want to listen whenever you feel like it, you go to your favorite podcast app and voila, there is me uh, telling you uh, the story of the day. And I appreciate that in more ways than you can imagine. So I thank you for being such an amazing audience. And I want to talk about this, um, this latest story here, which is about children. Last week we were together, or a few days ago actually, and I said, they're after your kids. And I gave you a couple examples of that. And I think they're still after your kids. Listen to this. This is called the sexually tree, and according to a Twittering website, it is designed to make sexuality fun and cute, and is targeted to all ages, including preschool. Now, this looks like the family tree we all know, but instead of our family members, it has you and the people that you're dating and having sex with. Now, hold on a second. She started with, this is good for preschoolers. Who are they dating? Who are they having sex with? Exactly my point. They're not supposed to be doing any of those things. This is totally unnatural, totally crazy, but yet another one of these uh, radical, crazy ideas from these followers of Dr. Alfred Kinsey who thinks that little kids are repressed if you don't let them explore their sexuality when they're five years old. Absolute sickos. Let's continue. The leaves that fall off of a tree and are easily disposable represent the intimate relationships that we do have and those that we sleep with. They also list abortion as number one, while family is listed as number 13. Now, this was created to bring... Now, hang on, lady. Abortion is number one, family's number 13. How's that in your list of prioritization? I don't care if you're a man or a woman, a Republican, a Democrat, a conservative, or a liberal. How is abortion the number one thing on your list of priorities? How is that? I mean, how important is that? Oh, it's really important, Rich. You don't understand. It's a women's sexual reproductive. Listen, putting a roof over your head, being a good parent, buying some property, making something of your life, going to school, getting your degree, creating a career, not going to school, whatever it is. But abortion, really, is that number one? I mean, I just find this so remarkable. Continue more equality and diversity into the classroom but instead it's teaching children not to value life or to value valuable relationships teaching them that it's just as useless as trash that is another mom on at another mom i believe is the uh, handle on instagram and i gotta tell you 
the, the more of these stories that I see, the, the more disheartened I become. But one thing that I can say that I can I can say honestly that I'm happy about is that sometimes things catch up, right? Sometimes the good guys actually win one. And I think the, the more we win is because the more we do. The more people that get involved and say, you know what, I'm going to tell you this story. I'm going to send you this article. I want you to listen to this podcast. And when people listen to those things and learn these things and know about what's going on, they can't believe it. And they say, you know what, I've got to make a difference. And I'm looking at a headline here from earlier in, um, actually late last week. Texas teacher fired after allegedly defending pedophiles in class. A school district in Texas announced this week that a teacher was fired for saying that students should refer to pedophiles as MAPs, M-A-P's. I played this audio for you. Um, If it wasn't last week, it was the week before. But important that you have heard it. And basically the lady says, no, 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 Diego, you can't do that. Just because somebody's sexually attracted to a five-year-old doesn't mean we can judge them and call them a pedophile. We have to call them MAP, a minor attracted person. And I thought, what in the name of all things good and holy is this lady talking about? How do you correct a kid in class? Listen, I understand the, the, the impetus of her trying to you know, get the kid to be uh, um, you know, a good person in life. I'm hoping that was what she wanted to do. But at some point, we do have to say, just because they took an axe and murdered their whole family doesn't make them an axe murderer. We call them family-averse um, ad- people, family-averse. No, no, we don't do that. We don't soften the blow. We don't sugarcoat this stuff. These people are bad people. They have a problem. They're sick and they have to be treated as such. Anyway, the El Paso Independent School District Board of Trustees voted on Tuesday to approve the district superintendent, Diana Saavedra, to terminate school teacher Amber Parker's employment over the remarks, according to the article in USA Today. Oh, good. I think I have the audio. Let's see what happens here. And the... um, Transcript is right here. Stop it. We're not going to call them pedophiles, right? Parker can be heard telling her students in the recording, we're just going to call them maps, minor attractive persons. So don't judge people because they want to have sex with a five-year-old. This is a sick lady, but listen to this. What? Stop it, Diego. Yeah, no, we're not going to call them that. We're going to call them maps. No. Minor attractive persons. No. So don't judge people just because they want to have sex with a five-year-old. Oh. The f- is right. <laughs> WTF, why the face? Man, that is absolutely insane. I can't believe some of the things that I hear. But yeah, you heard it. That was the audio that I played. I'm glad it was uh, embedded here in the article. Now, the recording circulated parent groups on social media. It was on our show. You heard it. And in a parent Facebook group, some parents reportedly came to Parker's defense saying that the remarks were just part of a class debate and that she does not condone pedophilia. That's uh, Kendall Brown Jessup, one of the group leaders, said pedophilia is indefensible and should not be debated in our classrooms. The school district then launched an investigation. On Thursday, Daniel Call, the vice president of the El Paso ISD Board of Trustees, explained to uh, Fox 14 that there were more things that the public may not know that was included in the closed findings. Oh, mm-hmm, hmm. gotcha saying, quote, any reasonable person that heard what the seven trustees heard would have voted to terminate Amber Parker. Personal opinions on really sensitive matters don't belong in the classroom. It's up to the families to provide education on some of these really sensitive issues. It's not the role of the school district to do that. Kudos to this guy. He's got my vote. 
Man, thank God for Texas and Florida and places where people with common sense happen to live. Late last year, Alan Walker, a professor at Old Dominion University, was placed on administrative leave after saying that the word pedophile should not be used to refer to adults who are attracted to minors. Walker advocated for the term MAPS. We had that audio as well. And it's funny because he said that when that school gave him a job as the director of no sé qué, I don't know what, at the university. But some sort of center, you know, the center for minor attracted people, let's just say. You know, in a nutshell, it was something to that effect. And here's another quote from Walker saying, it's less stigmatizing than other terms like pedophile, said Walker, according to the uh, News 13 uh, piece on this. A lot of people, when they hear the term pedophile, they automatically assume that it means a sex offender. And that isn't true. And it leads to a lot of misconceptions about attractions toward minors. You are sick in your brain, bro. The only difference between somebody, a pedophile who's a sex offender and a pedophile that's not a sex offender is that one of them did the offense already and the other one is likely going to do it. If you want to live your whole life madly in love with four and five-year-olds and not acting on it, that's on you. You need some help. And, and am I angry at you? A little bit. I'm angry at you that you have this disease or this, this demonic plague about your person. Yeah, I'm angry because your problem can become my problem and ruin the lives of young people. But I also have, there's a place in my heart for forgiveness for somebody who might, you know, put their hands up and say, listen, I've got this problem and I really need help and I don't know what to do. I'm not going to tell that guy to go jump off a bridge or play in traffic. I wish them the best and I hope that they get the help that they need. And if there's something I could do to support them, amen, hallelujah. But these situations, I think, are few and far between. I think most of the people that suffer from this illness, they act on their impulses. They do bad things. They congregate amongst themselves. They circulate child porn videos. And I I can't imagine what it's like to be one of them. But I I can tell you, compassion is only going to go, oh, but so far. People are going to choose their kids, their neighbor's kids, the neighborhood's kids, any kids, any innocent individual over the person that's doing the offending. So to presume that, oh, because you suffer from pedophilia, that you're automatically a sex offender. Well, guess what? I would say that most research says I'm right and you're going to be an offender. And that's just the bottom line. Anyway, we will uh, continue with the rest of the program uh, right after this because I want to switch gears. You know, how much can we talk about pedophilia? We could probably do this for an hour and then we'll end up angry and on the road yelling at the next, get out of the way, you know. Uh, these t- certain topics, I think, get under people's skin and they make us unhappy. And that's why I try to interject humor and some off the beaten path topics so that we're not always on this heavy tirade of everything that's wrong. But I do miss my way sometimes and <laughs> end up stuck on those exact topics. Anyway, there is more to come straight ahead. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. This is America. Para Inglés, o primal número dos, para Rich Valdez, y esto es América, ahora. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Richie V, at Rich Valdez with an S, by the way, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast version of this program as well. This is America with Rich Valdez on all of the uh, podcast platforms. You can get on Odyssey or any of the other ones. If you like Apple or if you like uh, Google Podcasts or iHeartRadio, you can listen to it on demand anytime, whenever you like, for as long as you like. You could play it again. You could play it three times. Uh, I'd, I'd recommend that. <laughs> 
But anyway, I want to get into what's going on. Of course, it is um, just the beginning a few days ago of Hispanic Heritage Month. So um, kudos to all of our Americans of Hispanic heritage. And I want to talk about the border because the border is always making headlines and uh, probably not as many headlines as it should. But lots of interesting things there and a few different clips of audio that I want to play. But good old Kamala Harris, or as I like to call her, Vice President Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, or Kamala Harris, she is the border czar, and she says the border is secure. Listen to this from her interview last Sunday with Chuck Todd. I think the first thing that we need to do is impeach Joe Biden, and secondarily, maybe impeach uh, Kamala Harris, the vice president, the border czar. Did you call the border secure? The border is secure, but we also have a broken immigration system, in particular over the last four years before we came in. And it needs to be fixed. We're going to have two million people cross this border for the first time ever. You're confident this border is secure? We have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. What? Say what? Say who? Where and how? All right. First of all, what is so secure about this border? The only thing secure about the border is that you've sent more border agents down there to make it safer for people to come into the country illegally. You're no longer prosecuting people under the existing asylum laws. Your administration has changed the asylum laws, saying that you don't have to remain in Mexico or go to the first country that will give you asylum. But instead, you can skip Country A, country B, country C, country D, and just show up at the United States and expect asylum, which is not congruent with current immigration law. And there's a lawsuit. And I have a good feeling that when they get to that lawsuit, they're going to agree with the existing law and say, you know what? You're right. If you're in Honduras and you leave and you make it to Mexico or anywhere else on your journey uh, up north and they say, sure, we'll take you. There's no need to leave any further because you have already fled. You've achieved refugee status in a new place. You don't get to pick and choose where you're going to end up as long as you're out of the dangerous place you were. Now, again, there was uh, asylum laws that were created to say, look, you had to be under some sort of persecution, whether it's uh, religious or, or otherwise. Now they're saying if there's a lot of crime and you're very poor, welcome to America. This can't be the case. It's unsustainable. Obviously, what they're doing is a backdoor approach to amnesty so they can get their way. Some are saying they're doing it to change the electorate of the country. Others are saying the Democrats are trying to cement a way for themselves to uh, have a permanent voter base. But I mean, I think that's the silliest thing ever. While some of them may be loyal to the people that allowed them into the country, but by and large, just look at what's going on right now. Right. Hispanics are jumping ship left and right. My opinion, I was on Newsmax a couple of days ago. They asked me about this. And my response to this was Joe Biden and Kemala Eres need to be impeached and take Alejandro Mayorkas with you. I think they need to be impeached for their failure at the border, their failure to protect this country, their failure to stick with the laws of this country, their failure to do what is right and, and moral in a situation like this. Allowing women to come across and get raped, allowing women to, to give their kids plan B pills, little girls that are getting raped along the way because they know they're good. I think the parents are wrong, but I think this country is even uh, more guilty because at least those people could say, look, we're trying to flee persecution. We've got a big problem here and we're trying to give our kids the best life ever. And we know their future isn't here. Listen, I'm not defending it, but I'm saying I, I, I could somewhat fathom that. I would never do that. I'd rather die a thousand deaths than ever submit my children to that type of uh, situation. But we hold all the strings here. We have all the power here. And for us to say, look, you know, we know you're coming from a third world country where you have limited education. You may not have um, 
educational levels where you actually can read and write in your own native language. And I understand that. But guess what? As much as I want to say about Joe Biden, I know he knows how to read and write in English. Same with Kim Al-Ayadis and the rest of these clowns. So the bottom line here is this country is stronger and more secure and it knows better than to allow an open border for these people to come here and to not be secure. I think it's a travesty and I think many of you listening probably agree with that. But that's what's going on. And Philly, Philly is bracing for the possibility of migrant buses coming from Texas because Greg Abbott says he's going to be sending some buses up here. Check this out. As more buses of illegal immigrants arrive in Democrat-run cities, their leaders are melting down. After Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot sent a group of migrants to a suburb, the mayor of that community says he is, quote, not happy, unquote. Listen. Very, very poor communications, especially if this originated in the city where the mayor there criticized the governor of Texas for not I don't know, telling her in advance and giving her the courtesy, which she fully deserved. Which she fully deserved. Listen, everybody's doing the same thing here. Nobody wants this crisis at their doorstep. This is why people are incensed in South Texas. This is why Philly's going to be equally as incensed when it happens to them, because it's not a good look. The people that already live in Philly are already living in fear because of the recklessness of Mayor Kenny, the recklessness of Larry Krasner, the pro-crime progressive prosecutor that prosecutes no crime at all. People don't want to live this way. And as more politicians start saying, hey, look, free trip to Philly, free trip to Martha's Vineyard, free trip to here and there, the more of that we hear the more people are going to realize, all right, call the National Guard, put an end to this. We've got to stop this. Where these Democrat mayors are eventually, I think they're going to turn to Joe Biden and say, look, enough is enough. You got to put a plug in this thing. Whatever number of people you've let in, that's let that be your amnesty number. And that's it. Shut the border down. No more open border. But until that happens, you've got people all over the place sending people different places. And it, it's uh, it's just it's interesting. There's a busload that just arrived in front of Kamala Harris's home. Another busload that arrived in uh, Martha's Vineyard. From our southern border have just arrived outside Vice President Kamala Harris's residence at the Naval Observatory in Washington, D.C. <laughs> that is rich. You got to love that. And I got to tell you, I love it when Governor DeSantis does what he's doing and he's sending uh, the busload to Martha's Vineyard and he's doing... Uh, what he's got to do to fight the fight, staying in front of it, not behind it. Kudos to him. That's what we need in, in Pennsylvania. Hopefully, Dr. Oz is the guy to bring that to the table in the U.S. Senate, uh, as well as uh, Mastriano and the rest of the team that's running. But I got to tell you, every now and again, I get so disheartened by people that embrace Marxist communist values and don't even know they're doing it, and they do it in the name of liberty or freedom or this and that. And I guess... That's a whole story I'm going to tell you in the next episode. Uh, and a big shout out to everybody who's celebrating in the uh, Puerto Rican parade that will be in Philly, I think, on the 25th. So, um, shout out to you guys. Anyway, you got to stand for something because if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So make sure you do something. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, America. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. 